Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. You know, I've found that success in life takes grace, willingness, and a little bit of hustle. And today's guest is a perfect example, I think, of that balance. I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the Lucas Miles Show, Devon Franklin. Devon was actually, I believe, our very first episode, and it's so good to have him back on the program I've had the opportunity to see Devon in just a variety of circumstances, from church services to the newsroom at NRB and to even being able to visit him at his office in Los Angeles. And every single time I'm around him, I'm just really impressed with the wisdom with which he operates, the humility that he has, and just the drive for excellence. Today's episode, I think, really going to be something that is going to inspire you, encourage you and just get you excited to fulfill those God-given dreams that are on your heart. Devon and I talk about his new book. We talk about his film, The Star, that is releasing, and really just his mindset and philosophy of how he approaches success, which I think you're going to find fascinating. So with that, here is my interview with Devon Franklin. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. Man, dude, glad to be back. Good I to should see say you. welcome back because That's you, right. know, you are the first guest that I've had twice on the show. Is that right? Yeah, so you, you hold the position. It. I love it. And uh, it's a real honor to have you back. I know that our listeners were big fans of the first episode that I had with you. Oh, I'm glad to hear um, that. And actually, that was my first episode that I released. Get out of yeah. here. Yes, what? I believe so. I believe wow, so. Wow, so, man. Yeah, so we got a lot of firsts going. We did. I love uh, it. And it's cool here to be at your office. I know that people listening don't yeah. get to see it, but it's just so cool. Your staff is incredible. There's thank just you. an energy here and an atmosphere and just love what you're doing. So thank, thank you. you. I yeah. appreciate it. And, and it's so cool to have you because, you know, when last time we did our interview it was the NRB and, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like an interview a minute, right? <laughs> it's like interview dating, right? You know, in that room. And so it's great to have you here and we can really get a chance to get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. With that being said, I was telling you before we started here that I'm fairly convinced that you've cloned yourself. <laughs> you watched the old Michael Keaton movie where he like makes himself over four times. Cause yeah. I mean, every time I open up social media, it's like Devon's in Atlanta, he's in Chicago, he's in New York, <laughs> you know, talk to me, how are you doing all this? Cause it's rare that I meet somebody I feel like is hustling more than I am, <laughs> you know, kind of that grace and hustle like combination. So I'm impressed. Thank talk you. to me about Thank this. You. Yeah. Man, listen, it's been a hustle, man. It has. And honestly, I really learned this type of hustle from Will Smith. You know, he is a guy who not only obviously, you know, he's Will Smith, so he's conquered the world and is now trying to conquer the universe. But one of the things I learned from working for him is the power of supporting uh, the projects that you do and really getting out there and promoting and pushing and doing as much as you can to contribute to the success of the project. And so whether it's a movie or a book or a show that I'm on, you know, I'm all about that because also underneath the push is wanting to be a good partner. Yeah. So what people may see is a book or they may see a movie, but what they don't see on the other side of it, on the other side of the book, there's Harper One, the publisher. Right. On the other side of the movie, there's Sony Pictures Entertainment. I want to be a good partner. Yeah. So I want them to know, hey, whether the book works or not, whether the movie works or not, they say, you know what, Devon was a good partner. 
He was as invested as we were. You know, we put money into this and he was there to the end doing everything he could to help make this successful. Yeah. That is a good partnership. And when you have a good partnership, it builds a foundation to do more, to continue to grow from that. So everything that you see in social media is just, it comes from a desire of one, wanting to be a good partner, two, being passionate about the message, and three, feeling like it's my purpose to be out as many places as I can, let people know what it is that I have right now because the design of the book, the design of the movie, is to impact someone's life in a positive way. You know, I wrote the Hollywood Commandments because I wanted to write a manual. Here's how you can be successful without compromising who you are. But here's what's going to be required to do that. You know, I wanted to do the star because it's the story of the birth of Jesus, but from the animal's point of view. It's never been done in Hollywood. Never been done. First time. So I wanted to be a part of those things because I want to show the reader or the viewer, hey, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can, you know, use faith to propel your life and career. And let me show you a practical way of doing it. That is behind the passion. That's what drives me. I was mentioning earlier that all of us are called to do many things in life. How do you know if God's in it? I believe everything that we're called to do, God has assigned energy and grace to do it. So if you go to do something and there's no energy, if you don't have the energy to do it and there's not an energy attached to it, then that's when you know God may not be in this. But God, when he's in it, it's not in your strength, it's his. So there's certain things he'll call you to do and you're like, ah, I'm tired. All of a sudden you do it. You're like, wow, how am I doing this? Because there was grace to do it. That's so good. You know, I think about the story with Jesus where his disciples, they see him go, you know, teacher, eat something. Yeah. And he's like, I got food that you know nothing about. It it's, it's like, does he have a Snickers bar that he hasn't told us about, you know? And, the holy and, Snickers. And he says, you know, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. I love how you put that. When you're in that zone, that should be feeding you. Absolutely. You know? And I Absolutely. think, I mean, whether it's in ministry or media or entertainment, you see so many people get burnt out. Yes. And it sounds like what you're saying is it could be as a result of them not really doing or ever finding that lane that is really the thing that God's calling them into and feeding them. It's also, it's a lane, yet it's also, you know, staying in touch with the Holy Spirit. So it's like, okay, you know, because you could be in the lane that you're supposed to be in, yet you could still get burned out. Because just because you're in that lane, you have to always stay in touch with the Holy Spirit because everything in that lane doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. Yeah, that's good. Everything that's good isn't God. So part of the balance is like, for example, okay, I'm in a season where I have a book. The book came out the end of September. The movie came out. It's coming out mid-November. Okay, so there's a window of time where I know that I have to lean in as much as I can, right? So there's grace and there's energy to do that in order to support these projects. Now, this pace is not something I'm running at all year. So when the movie comes out, then I'll be able to kick back. I'll be able to relax. I'll be able to recover, right? So I've expended energy. Now it's about recovering that energy. Now, if I feel like because I'm in this lane, I have to keep running at this pace for the next year, what's going to happen is I then move from faith to fear. Mm, That's good. Because I fear that if I don't run at this pace, then things won't happen. But if I'm in faith that I'm in this lane, I've given as much as I needed to give, and I've been a good steward over these projects, then I can be in faith and say, cool, I can relax, I can recover, because then when it's time to run again, I'll have the energy to do it. Right. I hope that makes sense. No, so good. I think that's really, really good. Speaking of the book, I was at one church, uh, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago uh-huh. where you spoke um, with uh, Pastor that. Torre. We didn't get a chance to talk. You had oh, the, the book signing and everything else. And I've been able to look at the book. I love 
the principles in this. The Thank only thing you. I found so far that I don't like is that I didn't write it. You know, that's the only <laughs> thing I found so far that I didn't like. This is really good. And heard you say that what you learned about success, you didn't learn in the church. Right. Am I quoting that okay? Is that's that, is that yeah, fair? Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about that. Yeah. You know, I have a direct quote. The church didn't teach me how to be successful. Hollywood did. And what I mean by that was so often as people of faith, you know, in our community, in our culture, we demonize secular environments, we shun secular environments, we chastise people that you know have desire to be successful in a secular environment, and as a result, we miss out on what is available to us in those environments that can help us become who God created us to be. When I talk about that quote, what I mean is that in church, I didn't learn about negotiation. I didn't learn about how to make movies. I didn't learn how to deal with politics. I didn't learn how to deal with difficult people. You know, I didn't learn the process required to be successful. I learned great things as related to my spirituality, as related to a relationship with God, committing my life to Christ, you know, the power of prayer. I learned about all those great things which are important and I rely upon them today. However, when it came to the practical application of what's it gonna take for me to walk out this dream that God put within my spirit, I learned that from Hollywood. I learned that from a secular environment. And what I have found is that in our communities of faith, so much of what we believe is relative to who taught us and how we were conditioned to believe. Break that down for me. Here's what I mean. So we have all this fear of secular environments that permeates the faith community. Yet when you go to the Bible, you look at it and you say, well, where is that same teaching in the Bible? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in Babylon. Every time they honored God in Babylon, did he come out of Babylon? Right. Did he say, I don't want my children in Babylon? No. Every time they honored him, he promoted them. He took them higher and deeper in Babylon. Joseph had a dream. Was the dream to be the leader of the Jewish people in the synagogue? No. He was second in command in Egypt. Right. The land that was actually oppressing the people. He was in position in yeah. a secular environment. So when you look at the Bible, you're like, wow, this is fascinating that there's so many people. Look at the wide majority of the teachings of Jesus. The wide majority of the teachings of Jesus were directed towards the leaders of the church at the time. Right. Saying, you're missing it. You're not getting it. Mm -hmm. So when I read the Bible, I'm like, oh, there's a great foundation for what I have actually experienced, right. which is when I'm clear of intention. God, I want to do your will first. Show me how you want me to do that. And let me not be afraid along the way. And so what I've realized, and this is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, and it's in the introduction, I say, I have seen God and the power of God operate more in my career in Hollywood than I have just in the church. Yeah. Because so often we want to regulate God. Think about this. Church service. Well, in the black community, it's three hours. <laughs> but, you know, most other communities, I know churches, you know, 70 minutes, sure. right? So if we regulate God to only our church-going experience, think about this. That is an hour to three hours once a week, if that. Right. But we're at work for a minimum of 40 hours, in many cases, it's 50, 60 hours. Exactly, right? especially today. So our work life is a far greater platform mm -hmm. to see God go to work yeah. than just a church service. 
So when you put God to work in your environment, when you are excellent, when you do commit to the process, when you do serve and you say, God, I might work in a secular environment, but show me who you want me to be and I need you. So I'm I'm asking you to show up. We allow God to have a much greater platform to reveal himself to us and to others. So good. So good. Have you enjoyed what you've heard so far on the Lucas Miles Show? I hope so. But if you are somebody who's out there and you're going, I need more of this, well, I have some good news for you. If you go to the App Store, you can download an app called the Oasis Network for Churches. That's the Oasis Network for Churches. And it is a free podcast, and you can listen to my Sunday morning sermons, messages. Uh, There's free videos on there, all sorts of goodies. And you can also live stream the Sunday morning services at the church that I speak at, which is Oasis Church in Granger, Indiana. And uh, you can visit that through the App Store. And now back to our guest on The Lucas Miles Show. Give us an example of some of what you call the Hollywood commandments. Yes. So the Hollywood commandments, you know, the tagline, the subtitle is a spiritual guide to secular success. And the first commandment is your prayers alone aren't enough. Now, I didn't say prayers don't work. Uh, Prayer works. I do it every day. It's a vital part of my life. I do it multiple times a day. Yet what I realize with so many people of faith is that we sometimes have a tendency to pray and not do. And I believe that anything we're praying for, we need to prepare for. Yeah. And I believe that preparation is an act of expectation. And too often we may miss out on what God is doing, not because he doesn't want to do it, but because we aren't doing our part. I don't believe that God gives us what we have the power to get ourselves. Yeah. And that's what this commandment is all about. It's about the power of praying and preparing. And I give an anecdote about my wife who really wanted to go. She's an actress and been an actress pretty much her entire life. And it's a blessing that she's been able to work in Hollywood for so long. And she really wanted to start doing more action projects and get more consideration for action movies. And I would come home every day from work and I would ask her if she worked out and she would be like, no, I didn't work out today. And so this pattern repeated itself. So then one day she was kind of complaining that she wasn't getting you know, consideration for action parts. And I said to her, I said, babe, I got to be honest with you. I said, you're praying for something you're not preparing for. I said, every action star I know lives an action star lifestyle. They're in the gym every day. Their physique is their calling card. Fitness is their lifestyle. So that when the roles come, they aren't trying to get ready. They're already ready. Yeah. And the roles come as a manifestation of their preparation. And I said, I would encourage you to start preparing for the things that you're praying for. And she was like, okay, you know, and I was like, I said, are you okay? She's like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm fine. I appreciate it. Then the next day, you know, I come home, her hair was all sweated out. And she had old workout clothes on. I'm like, what'd you do? She's like, I went to the gym. And lo and behold, she started a pattern of going to the gym. And lo and behold, as she started going into different meetings, people began to notice, oh, wow, what are you doing? You look so fit. And she was telling them she was preparing for her role. And they were like, well, what is it? What is it? And she's like, well, it hasn't manifested yet, but it's on the way. And lo and behold, MGM offered her an action vehicle uh, for her to star in on television that came only after she prepared. Very cool. So I tell that anecdote as a way to you know encourage the reader yeah. uh, or the hearer to begin to prepare for what they're praying for. Uh, one other commandment, commandment number three is uh, you have to carry a crown before you wear one. And too often we want the crown and the authority of our career, but we want to go through the process required to get it. And too often we are in a selfie generation where it's me, 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 me. And I believe we should be in the service generation where it's about others. Turn the phone around and say, how can I help meet your need? King David was anointed king. Did he go become the king immediately? No, he was anointed the king and went to go serve a king because too often we want 
to be in authority, but we have no idea what's required when we're in authority. So this commandment is all about the process. It's all about service. It's all about commitment. And once we do that, because this is something I believe people of faith miss, we miss it because we think that God is a magic wand. We think that God is a spiritual genie. Oh Lord, I just pray. I put in my spiritual quarters and what I want comes out. Doesn't work like that. We have to participate. It's almost a form of codependency. Absolutely. You, you know, it's absolutely, it's, but it's one-sided. Yes. Yeah. God's not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we think like I need to be dependent upon God, which is true. Yes. But God's also saying there's certain things that I've empowered you to Correct. do. I, I've already given you. Correct. You know, it's like we've gotten the keys to the car and we're going like, what should I drive tonight? And right. He's like, how about car. the car that Don't, I already gave but, you? But, but here's the thing. There's a parking lot. You have the keys, right? So, Finding the car. Right. Go find the car. This is such a brilliant analogy, Lucas. You just came up with something so good. The only thing that keeps us from not finding the vehicle is our own lack of commitment to the process mm. and committing the time. Because if you're in a parking lot full of cars and you have a set of keys that has no alarm, right? So you have to try every door. The only thing that will keep you from not finding the door is getting tired. Yeah. Is just saying, you know what? It's never going to happen. I, you know, I'm throwing up my hands. But that's why the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. You will reap a harvest if you do not quit. And this is the part that I think we miss. I've been in Hollywood for over 20 years. I always wanted to produce. I wanted to produce at 18 years old when I first came into the business. I didn't actually get this production company. We're here in my office, Franklin Entertainment, right? We're in Nakatomi Plaza, by the way, where they shot Die Hard. This is where my office is. I didn't realize that. Very nice. So we're in, we're sitting in Hollywood history. And this did not happen until 18 years after I put in 18 years of time into Hollywood. 157,000 hours, over 6,500 days of showing up, continuing to believe God, doing the work every day. And this is where we miss it because what I don't understand, and one of the reasons why I wrote the book is that, okay, when you read the book, why the Bible endures is it's a book of excellence, written with excellence. I mean, it's so detailed. You know, it's, it's an excellent book that requires believers to be excellent. Yet, when it comes to us as believers, we don't practice that enough. We're just like, oh, well, it's just good for us. Yeah. Oh, well, they don't get it. I don't believe that. Let's make it good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Let's make excellent what we do. Yeah. Because some people don't want to hear what we say. They want to see how we live. They want to see how we work. And if people can see God, people who can see Christ in our work, and they can see Christ in our excellence, it will compel them to want to know how we do what we do. Think about the church. Michelangelo, when the church wanted the Sistine Chapel painted, they got the best. Right. The best. Right the most excellent in the earth in order to offer that as an offering to God. So when we look at our work as an offering to God, then we have to say, wow, what am I giving him every day? Not my boss, not my coworker. What am I giving God? Am I giving him my best? And then if we're not, we cannot get upset when we don't get the best in return. That's good. That's good. And it's got to be sobering for 
all of us really. Yeah. I mean, it's something you have to, it's not just a one-time thing. I mean, no. we're obviously, we're in a town where people think if I can just get this, this treatment that I wrote in front of the right person, <laughs> then it's all going to change. They see the moment of the release of your film. They don't see the last 18 years right. of what it took to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's so good. And, and dude, just the movie itself. I mean, the yeah. star uh, comes out for the weekend before Thanksgiving, November 17th. You know, this film, you know, it's a story of the nativity from the animal's point of view. It's the first movie in the history of Hollywood to be a Bible story told in CGI animation from a major studio. It's never happened before. The last movie to come close to that was The Prince of Egypt yep. almost 20 years ago. This movie has been in the works for over 10 years. When I was a studio executive at Sony Pictures back in 2005, I was an executive on this particular project. Wow. So, like you said, people want to see the tree, but they don't see the root. Right. The roots go deep. You can't have a tree that stands tall if there aren't roots that can sustain it. So people covet the tree, but they don't want the process. That's the roots, <laughs> right? And the roots are dirty, and they go every which way, but they are the foundation. And that's what the process is. It's the foundation that allows success to come from that. So good. So good. The book is called The Hollywood Commandments, A Spiritual Guide to Secular Success. You can get it wherever books are sold. So I encourage you to pick that up. We've got a few minutes left here. On the first time, we yes. talked about the star. Yes. Now we're here. It's yes. coming out. You've, yes. you've referenced it, obviously, a few times, and you kind of you know shared the significance of that. Uh, theatrical release nationwide? Oh, yeah. Okay. Theatrical release nationwide. Not only just nationwide, around the world. Around the world. Oh, yeah. We're going for it. Incredible. I know. It is incredible, and I'm excited about it. And my thing that I love to say, especially to people of faith. I said, listen, don't let Hollywood have more faith in our movies than we do. Yeah. I have successfully convinced Sony Pictures Animation, Sony Pictures Entertainment to spend millions of dollars to produce the film and spend millions more to market the film because I have told them that there is an audience out there that is hungry for authentic material that they can take their entire family to that is faith affirming, that is value affirming. And I do believe that the star is that. When you see this film and you see the birth of Jesus and you see the animals and the wise men and the shepherds bow, I guarantee you it's going to bring you to tears. And when you see the film, when they ask, what's his name? They say, Jesus. So I have successfully gotten Hollywood <laughs> to do it. So now I need everyone who's listening to go and support it. Yeah. Please don't support Justice League and not support the star. Please don't support Coco and not support the star. Like, then you have to ask yourself, well, okay, when there's not more stars, yeah. where did you vote? Yes. Because the box office is a ballot box. Yeah. And every time you buy a ticket, it is a vote. And let me tell you, Hollywood counts the votes. And whatever gets voted, you see more of it. Right. So if there's a desire for more content you can take your family to, and you want to see more animated films, then make a vote. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't want people to do it because, oh, it's just good form. No, this is great entertainment. We have the biggest stars in the world who have come together to tell the story. Yeah, this isn't just some small names no, here. Tell, tell me, no, tell me, this give, is, <laughs> give us some of the rundown. You know, I mean, everyone from Gina Rodriguez to Zachary Levi, who just got cast in the lead as Shazam for the DC Comics film. We have Keegan-Michael Key. We have Stephen Yun, Kelly Clarkson, Oprah, Tyler Perry, Tracy Morgan, Anthony Anderson. That's like half Patricia a Hollywood. 
Hollywood in this film right, right here. Half of Hollywood. Seriously. <laughs> seriously, man. Uh, Mariah Carey, Fifth Harmony, Kirk Franklin, Casting Crowns, Yolanda Adams. The best talent in the world has lent their voices, whether as characters in the movie or their vocal talent as the voice behind the songs to help bring this story to life. And the director won an Academy Award for one of his past He did. Tim, as well. oh, Tim Record. He's awesome. Amazing. Incredible. You know, young talent. He won an Academy Award for his short. I saw uh, that. It was, really, it was brilliant. Great. It was Great. brilliant. So brilliant. I'm very excited to see this as well. So, so it's quality. And the animation is quality. You'll see. We have spared no expense to make sure this was a quality experience for families all across the world. So when I'm asking the listeners to go see it, I'm not saying, oh, just because you're a person of faith, just do it for the faith. I'm saying this is also a great entertaining experience yeah. that you will be excited about. It sounds like a holiday tradition for years to come That's for people. And, uh, and we'll, be, we'll be praying for that as well. And Thank just, you, you know, I've had a chance to hear you preach before. I, I know your faith. And I, mean, I just, I'm really believing for you that every single promise in heaven that God has for wow. you would just come down. So I receive that. Thank absolutely. you. And I pray the same prayer for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being here with Faith Wire and the Lucas Miles Show. Hope to have you on again in That's the future. Right. That's it. I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you. If you haven't had a chance to pick up a copy of my book, Good God, the one we want to believe in but are afraid to embrace, I want to encourage you to do so. It's available wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it, you can find Good God there. So grab a copy. You can also always get a copy at lucasmiles.org. And after you read it, I'd love to hear from you. If you liked it, hate it, shoot me a message. Let's stay in touch and make sure and keep visiting lucasmiles.org. That's all I have for you for today, but make sure and head over to iTunes and download the Lucas Miles Show and head over to faithwire.com where you can always get the Lucas Miles Show exclusively there and listen to our newest episode. We have all sorts of exciting guests, so check it out, the Lucas Miles Show.